Hey there, friends. Welcome to the Bible and Life podcast. My name is John Whitaker. I am the host and creator of the Bible and Life, and I am grateful for you. Glad you're joining me on this episode. My goal in the Bible and Life, as well as the listener's commentary, is to provide what I like to call blue jeans theology. And by that, I mean uh, Bible teaching that is in the language of everyday life, that's set in the context of everyday life with the aim that you and I could follow Jesus more fully and more completely right in the midst of everyday life. And so that's my heart. That's my goal. That's what we're all about here on the Bible and Life podcast. And so glad you're joining me. In this episode, we are going to reflect on a story out of Acts chapter 5. We began last week a series that I am simply calling Reflections from the Book of Acts. And I'm just picking out certain snapshots from the Book of Acts and offering uh, just sort of summaries of the story and then some reflections on that uh, about what it says to us as individual believers today. What does it say to us as a church today? And what do we need to do in order to follow Jesus and move forward and be effective as the body of Christ today? And so this episode, we're going to look at a well-known story that shows up at the beginning of Acts chapter 5. It's probably one of the more well-known stories out of the book of Acts. It's the story of Ananias and Sapphira. And even though that story shows up in Acts chapter 5, the context for it is the end of chapter 4. And sometimes these chapter breaks really don't do us any justice when we're trying to understand the text or read the text well. And so we need to see what's happening at the end of chapter 4 because it is the setup and the lead-in for the Ananias and Sapphira story. And so at the end of chapter 4, what we have is a picture, just general description of life within the church there in Jerusalem, very much like we saw in our last episode at the end of chapter 2. And here is what it says in Acts chapter 4. It says, And the congregation of those who believed were of one heart and soul. Not one of them claimed that anything belonging to himself was his own, but all things were common property to them. And so they were sharing their possessions, just like we saw at the end of Acts chapter 2. They're sharing their possessions. They're buying and selling. They're making sure everyone's taken care of and all the believers are caring for each other. This wasn't forced. This wasn't mandated. This was a voluntary thing motivated by the Spirit's work in their life, compelling them to be generous and helpful and compassionate and loving to one another. And so they're sharing their possessions. And this is what it says a little bit later at the end of chapter four. It says, for there was not a needy person among them for all who were owners of land or houses were selling them, bringing the proceeds of the sales and laying them at the apostles' feet. And then they would be distributed to anybody as they had a need. And so they're selling off extra plots of land, extra houses, uh, extra property they had. They're bringing the money, bringing it to the apostles. And the apostles are making sure that it's used to take care of the needs within the church. Well, that's the setup for what happens in Acts chapter 5. And so if you read between the lines a little bit, you can imagine the impact this is having. And so when we come to Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5, I sort of picture Ananias and Sapphira um, going back home after, you know, people brought some of their money and, and, and there was gratitude and appreciation and honor bestowed on the people who were being so generous like this. And I picture Ananias and Sapphira having a conversation over dinner one night like, wow, did you see just the honor and 
the affection and the appreciation that was was given when people brought their proceeds uh, from their sales of their property. And man, that, that was awesome. And then one of them saying, well, you know, we have that, that extra piece of land that we could sell off and we could bring that too. And another one chiming in saying, oh yeah, and that's, that's a beautiful piece of property. We could sell that and make a killing on it. In fact, we could probably keep half the funds for ourselves, give the other half to the church, and we would still be giving more than most of the other people who were giving in the church. And can you imagine the honor that would be brought to us for that? It's something like that that motivates and moves Ananias and Sapphira to do what they did. So what did they do? Well, they did just what they, in that little kind of speculative story, what they they suggested. They sold off a piece of property. They kept back some of the money for themselves. We don't know the percentage. Maybe they kept 30%. Maybe they kept 50%. We don't know the percentage, but they kept back a percentage of the money from the sale of the land for themselves. They brought the other portion of the the sale, and they gave it to the apostles to be used to take care of the needs of the others, but they claimed they were giving 100% from the sale. And so that was the issue. The issue wasn't uh, that they kept back a part. The issue wasn't that they only gave part of the money. The issue was that they said they gave 100% of the sale. And that becomes very clear when you read the story. Let me just read Acts chapter 5, 1 through 11, hear the story since it's so short and it's so engaging, and then we'll offer some reflections on it. Here's what happens. Now, a man named Ananias with his wife, Sapphira, sold a piece of property and kept back some of the price of the property for himself with his wife's full knowledge. They were in on this together. They had had that conversation, at least as I picture it. They came up with a plan. They sold the property and they kept back some of the money for themselves, and they were in on this together, brought a portion of it, whatever percentage that was, laid it at the apostles' feet. Now, it's going to become real clear that they brought only a percentage of the sale, but they said it was 100% of the sale. Peter said to Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie? That's the issue. The issue isn't that they didn't give 100%. The issue is that they lied about how much they gave. Why is it that Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back some of the price of the land for yourself? And then Peter says something that's very important for us to pay attention to. They were in control. They could do whatever they want with this money. He says, while it remained unsold, didn't it remain your own? And after it was sold, wasn't it under your control? In other words, you could do whatever you want with it. This is not a mandated thing. This is a voluntary thing. They had free will. They had a choice in this matter. Why is it that you have conceived this deed in your heart? You haven't lied to men, but to God. And so even though they deceived the apostles, even though they deceived the church, Peter says, ultimately, who you're lying to is God. You're trying to deceive God and say that you're more generous and better than you really are. Um, and as he heard these words, Ananias fell down, breathed his last, died right there uh, in front of the apostles, presumably with a good chunk of the church gathered around, and great fear came upon all who heard of it. And the young men got up, covered him up, carried him out, and they buried him. Now, that doesn't mean they dug a grave. They took him out to a cave. That was how people were buried and put him in sort of some cave-like tomb and... 
now there elapsed an interval of about three hours. So a few hours go by and Sapphira comes in and she hadn't heard what had happened to her husband yet. Uh, part of that may have been motivated by, let's make sure and see if she's in on this or not. Um, and so Peter responded to her, tell me whether you sold the land for such and such a price. Notice that's important. That tells us that this is the issue. They are saying we sold the land for $40,000 or whatever it was when really they sold it for $75,000 and kept back some of the money for themselves. And she said, oh yeah, that was the price. And then Peter said to her, why is it that you have agreed together with your husband to put the spirit of the Lord to the test? Like you're making a mockery of the spirit's work in the church with this move of generosity and this care for people. And you're making a mockery of that by what you're doing. You're doing this uh, in, in lying to the spirit. Behold, the feet of those who buried your husband are at the door. They're going to carry you out as well. And immediately she fell down at his feet, breathed her last, and the young men carried her out as well, buried her beside her husband. And great fear came upon the whole church and over all who heard these things. It's a fascinating little story. It's a, it's a snapshot in the life of the early church that Luke felt compelled to include. I mean, he didn't have to. It's not like, you know, this is an ideal picture in our, in our family history. It is a problem. Right, something's gone wrong, and uh, and we see this here. So this is a snapshot that Luke didn't have to include, but under guidance of the Spirit, he chose to include it here in the story of Acts, and it's a fascinating story. Now, just to make sure we get this clear, the issue again is not that they didn't give a hundred percent. The issue is that they gave whatever percentage they gave and said it was a hundred percent. And so they're making a mockery out of the Spirit's work of generosity. They're doing this for some sort of self-serving reason, right? They're wanting to look good before the church. They're wanting to look generous before the church. And at the same time, they're wanting to line their own pocket and benefit themselves. And God takes issue with that. And Peter takes issue with that. And both Ananias and Sapphira are immediately judged because of that. And that really raises the first question we have to ask and think about as we reflect on the story. And the, that question is, man, wasn't God just a little bit harsh with Ananias and Sapphira? Why should God deal so severely with them? Uh, and, and I mean, like, we don't see this happening all throughout the book of Acts. Why in this case? And isn't it a little bit harsh? And, and, Here's my reflection on that. Um, we actually see similar types of things happening in the Old Testament as well at key moments. And I think that's what's going on here. Remember, at this point, the church is in its infancy. It's young. We have a gathering of believers in Jesus growing in the city of Jerusalem. And moved by the work of the Spirit among them, they are being incredibly countercultural, and they're caring for each other and they're providing for the poor. And all of this is brand new work. And God takes that very seriously. So I, I think back, for example, uh, with the tabernacle. Like the tabernacle in its I mean, it had just been constructed. It, this was like at the very beginning of its use 
right after it had been first set up. And it says that the sons of Aaron go into the tabernacle and they they offer strange fire, the wrong sort of incense, or they kind of do it their own way, whatever it is. They violate the, the instructions for how to offer the incense offering, and God deals with them abruptly and harshly. Fire falls from heaven, boom, and the two sons of Aaron are uh, Nadab and Abihu. They're, they're killed right there on the spot. And Similarly, here in the book of Acts, we're right at the very beginning of the church in its infancy, and the work of the Spirit is powerful, and now it's being mocked and basically used for their own self-serving sort of ways. I think that's important. We see the same sort of thing in the Old Testament when David is trying to bring the, uh, the Ark of the Covenant back into the tabernacle, and they have it on a cart— and the, the ark begins to tip like it's going to fall off. And Uzzah puts his hand out to stop the ark from falling off. And immediately Uzzah dies. And we're like, man, wasn't God kind of harsh? Well, there were actually very clear and very specific instructions given in the Torah and the law for how to transport the ark. And they weren't doing it according to the instructions. And so here's David wanting to honor God, but doing it his own way. And it leads to this moment. And so uh, it reminds us that God's instructions are very clear. And so I think what we have here in Acts chapter 5 is the example of the same sort of thing. We've got to take God seriously. And God doesn't want the church to immediately have this work of the Spirit be destroyed by the self-serving uh, ideas of Ananias and Sapphira. And so this story reminds us how serious sin is. It reminds us that the church is the dwelling place of the very living God, and to mock his presence and to mock his work is a very serious thing. Now, God's not going to do this over and over again, but I think he did this, and Luke included it in his story to, to remind us and to get our attention we must take the work of God and the presence of God with the utmost seriousness and honor him and honor his power and his presence among us. And this makes me think of a little scene from C.S. Lewis's classic, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And in the scene, uh, the four children are with Mr. and Mrs. Beaver, and they're about to go try to find Aslan the lion for the first time. And all of a sudden, uh, they hear that they're going to go meet Aslan and that he's a lion. And here's what happens. Uh, Susan says this. Oh, said Susan, I thought he was a man. Is he quite safe? I shall be rather nervous about meeting a lion. Oh, that you will, dearie, and no mistake, said Mrs. Beaver. If there's anyone who can appear before Aslan without their knees knocking, they're either braver than most or else just silly. Then he isn't safe? asked Lucy. Safe? said Mr. Beaver. Don't you hear what Mrs. Beaver tells you? Who said anything about safe? Course he isn't safe, but he's good. He's the king, I tell you. And that's really what we see in this story is that uh, there is, uh, we, we shouldn't think of God as necessarily being safe, but he is good. And sometimes uh, he needs to instruct us 
on his power and his presence. And that's what happens here in the story of Ananias and Sapphira. God is a God of great power and great holiness, and we need to take him with utmost seriousness. Now, the other thing that stands out in this story is its position in the narrative of the book of Acts. And I think Luke was very intentional in this. Right before the story of Ananias and Sapphira, you have Peter and John being arrested and whipped and beaten. We looked at that in last week's episode. Right after the story of Ananias and Sapphira, you have all the apostles being arrested and being threatened and being beaten. And right in the middle of those two stories of opposition and persecution from the outside is this little snapshot of sin and hypocrisy and making a mockery of the work of God on the inside. And interestingly enough, in the case of the opponents from the outside, Acts 4 and Acts, uh, the second half of Acts chapter 5, in the case of those, no one gets zapped, right? No one gets struck down. No one dies. Uh, the apostles, you know, get put in jail. They get threatened. They get beaten. Uh, and that's that. But on the case of Ananias and Sapphira, you have these two believers making a mockery of the work of God, and they do get judged immediately and struck down. And that actually is instructive. It reminds us of something very important, and that's this, that sin on the inside is far more of a threat to the forward progress of the church than opposition on the outside. And I think that's why Luke included this, and that's why the story is so important for us. It reminds us that uh, we should actually fear hypocrisy and sin on the inside far more than we should fear opposition and ridicule from the outside. That hypocrisy and sin on the inside is far more destructive to the power and the progress of the church than the opposition from without. And so, as we read through the story of Ananias and Sapphira, we hear this refrain that shows up twice in the story. After Ananias himself falls down dead and is carried out, Luke says this, Great fear came upon all those who heard of it. And then as the story comes to an end and Sapphira herself falls down dead and she too is carried out to be buried, Luke repeats, and great fear came over the whole church and over all who heard these things. And so the story of Ananias and Sapphira is a story about fear, but it's a story specifically about what should we fear and who should we fear? Should we fear opposition from uh, opponents on the outside? And the answer that Luke is telling us is, no, that's not where our fear should be focused. What we should fear is we should fear sinning and we should fear the Lord. We should fear um, going against the very work and the very will of God that he wants to do in the church. And so uh, the church should be a place marked by great fear for God and for his holy presence among us. And that's one of the things that made the early church so effective and so powerful, is they learned to fear the Lord and honor him in what they did. And may it be so among us today. May we be a people who learn the message 
of Acts 5, 1 through 11, and may great fear come upon us that we might honor God in everything we do. Hey, thanks for tuning into this episode of the Bible and Life podcast. The Bible and Life is a listener-supported, crowdfunded Bible teaching ministry that's made possible by the generous support of all sorts of people just like you. So thanks a ton for your support. And if you want to join the team of supporters, swing on over to johnwhitaker.net, click the Give button. It will take you to a page where you can set up a one-time or recurring monthly donation through a, a kind of an overseeing organization called World Family Mission. So thanks a ton for your support. May God bless you for it. I look forward to talking with you again next week.